0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alpha Talk Power Call. This is a weekly call that we have every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the purpose of this call is to connect, empower, and inspire enlightened minds to pursue a life of greatness. Today, our topic is what you're running from. Hashtag Stop Running Neil. Now we will have our speaker, H. Farrell. Thank you all for joining us. I feel like you're really doing some jogging or something. But, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> good morning, good morning. Good yeah, no, yeah. cool. So, with that being said, could everyone mute it? Well, does anybody have any subject to clarify or anything before we go into the message? All right, perfect. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for allowing your word to go forth. I thank you for using your words to encourage everyone on this line, including myself. Lord, we know that we have not been given a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, power and a sound mind. Lord, allow us to live this word out. This word that we hear from you today. We ask that you consecrate our hearts, our minds, our tongues, everything that you have given us, we ask that you consecrate it so that this word will go forth with power and we'll be able to understand that you are the one who rescues us. It is not by might nor by power, but by your spirit that we are delivered. Lord, I'm asking that you remind us that we are loved and that there is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whew. All right, guys. Thank you all for joining. Today's message is, is like a hashtag. My lovely wife titled it. It's What You're Running From. Hashtag Stop Running me <laughs> So um, this topic today, I believe, is really going to show us just how vulnerable all of us are and how a lot of us think that we're the only ones who are dealing with certain things. So the scripture that we're going to be coming from today is actually going to be a quite a quite a long scripture because we're going from verse Samuel 21 to... First Samuel 22. Hold on one second. Amen, amen. So the whole purpose of this message, really, I want to share something with you regarding how a lot of us, there are certain things that we have conquered as well as things that we haven't conquered. And the things that we have haven't conquered If we fail to deal with them face-to-face, they'll keep us running for the rest of our lives. And the subject matter for today will be David. We're going to be coming out of 1 Samuel, and we're starting from 1 Samuel, chapter 21. All right, so... I want to start at chapter 20, actually, because I just want to finish what's going on. So what's happening in chapter 20 is David and Jonathan. Jonathan is Saul's son, who was the king of Israel. So Jonathan makes a, a deal with David to let him know if his father basically is trying to come after him and kill him. So David is like, hold on. If your father's trying to kill me, I can't stay here. I have to get away. I have to get away. So David and Jonathan make this agreement. There's a symbol, you know, they do some signals and David ends up running away. And this is the interesting part, he doesn't run away right to the help. So here we go. So I'm gonna start at Saying in chapter 20 verse 35. The, me- the next morning as agreed, Jonathan went out into the field and took a young boy with him to gather his arrows. Start running, he told the boy, so you can find the arrows as I shoot them. So the boy ran and Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy had almost reached the arrow, Jonathan shouted, the arrow is still ahead of you. Hurry, don't wait. So the boy quickly gathered up the arrows and ran back to his master. He, of course, suspected nothing. Only Jonathan and David understood the signal. Pay attention to that. He, of course, suspected nothing. We're talking that he is the boy, the young boy that, we use, that was used to gather the arrows. He, of course, suspected nothing. Only Jonathan and David understood the signal. Then Jonathan gave his bow and arrows to the boy and told him to take them back to town. As soon as the boy was gone, David came out from where he had been hiding near the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. At least, at last, Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of the bond between us and our children forever. Then David left pay attention then David left pay attention then David left and Jonathan returned to town now we're in First Samuel chapter 21 starting at verse 1 I want to I show you something David went to the town of Nab to see Ahimelech Ooh. the priest Ahimelech trembled when he saw him why are you alone he asked why is no one with you I'm going to stop right there for now. So what's just happened is, like I mentioned, David and Jonathan had made this agreement to basically let David know if Saul, who was Jonathan's father, if Saul was still trying to kill him and wanted to destroy him. So, so David wanted to get away because he was trying to preserve his life. Mind you, this is the same David who not too long ago just slayed Goliath. Why are you running from Saul, David? You just killed a giant who was nine feet tall, David. Everybody, he was trained in war, David. Why 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 are you running from Saul, David? You just killed Goliath. Why are you running from Saul? You just killed Goliath. Now the question is, if David, a small shepherd boy, Untra- uh, untrained in war at first before he met these um, he met Saul how is it that David untrained in the army's ways according to that the kings of um, Israel how is it that he was able to defeat a giant untrained but then when he starts to get trained he runs from a person there's revelation in that how is it that he had courage and all this might When he was untrained, but when he started to get trained, he started to fear this person, Saul. So now there's a lot of context behind what happened. It wasn't that David was afraid of Saul, because David was not afraid of Saul. David had uh, had a very pure heart. He had a very pure heart, and what he was trying to do is he was trying to follow the rules and regulations according to his forefathers he was trying not to kill um, Saul because he was not trying to be like Saul. So, mind you, David killed Goliath. Saul sees this. All of Israel sees this. The women see this. Now, pay attention. One of the reasons why Saul became jealous of David is not necessarily just because it was the people cheering David's success on as far as him killing Goliath. David... It, it, it was the women. Now, pay attention to this. It was when the women started to cheer for David. If you go back a few chapters, you'll see that after David defeated Goliath, there was a lot. There was a lot of commotion. There was a lot of chatter as far as who will be the next king of Israel. You know, and 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 how their scheme of Saul and David was so powerful. But there was a cheer. There was a moment where. Saul heard the women cheering David on. They were saying how Saul has killed his one thousand, and David has killed his ten thousand. So instead of Saul seeing David as a partner, as someone to work with, he becomes jealous. And what does jealousy do? Now we're going to step away from from the. Um, we're going to step away from the, the text. What does jealousy do? It, it says in Galatians, it says how the fruit of the flesh. It talks about the fruit of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. So when Saul became jealous, he invited an opportunity for an evil spirit to torment him. Now, if you read the text, it tells you how as soon as Saul became jealous of David, literally the next day, an evil spirit that was sent by the Lord, pay attention, that was sent by the Lord, came to torment him. It came to torment Saul. This evil spirit jumped on Saul. And because it jumped on Saul, because Saul and David were close, Saul was trying to attack David, trying to kill him. Now, I want to get to the running part. How is it that, mind you, Saul and David could have been partners in war? Instead of seeing each other as this person killing more, this person doing more, Saul saw David as competition. How many of us are seeing other people around us as competition? We're seeing, oh, this person has this many members in their congregation and in their, in their ministry. This person has this many followers on Instagram. This person has this many, this much money in their account. We start comparing. We start looking at other people's situations. Oh, look at her husband. Oh, look at her um his wife. We start looking and assessing other people's situations. Oh. <laughs> He has that car. She has that car. She has that house. We're talking about blessings and and um, all these other things that appear, that appear as though someone else is winning. Why are we allowing jealousy to creep in? Because when we allow jealousy and envy to keep mm-hmm. in, we're going against one of the first commandments. That um, one of, one of the first commandments that God gave us it says, "Thou shalt not covet." I'm not, even, I'm not going to go too deep into that right now. Why are we becoming jealous of other people? Do we realize, don't we realize that when we become jealous or we allow any type of negativity, according to Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the, 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 the acts of the flesh, we are allowing evil spirits to torment us. We become like Saul. And whenever we see someone who else someone else who is talented, who is gifted, who is blessed. Instead of seeing them as someone we can partner with, who we can destroy the kingdom of darkness with, we see them as competition. Oh, who does she think she is? Oh, who does he think he is? We don't focus on what God is saying. We focus on what our feelings are saying. Don't you know how how much more powerful Saul and David would have been as a unit if they would have not allowed Pride, envy, all these other things that don't reflect God's nature to come into the map to, to come into the picture. How much more powerful, how much more could they have destroyed? How did Saul and David become enemies? Now one of the questions I'd ask, I'm thinking, I'm saying, Lord, okay, could it could things have been different if David was a little bit more humble and said, You know what, Saul, like I understand that. It appears as though I'm getting on these victories But all these victories Are not mine, these are because of the Lord That was one of the questions I Was asking God, and I was thinking Like, how is it that David Had all this Revelation And he had He had this spiritual I'm sorry, he had this, these war skills But he still was Untrained when it came to Organized war Now, I'm talking about organized where a lot of us, we have talent, we have gifts, we have these abilities, but we haven't been trained. We haven't been trained. We have not been trained. There is a difference between being talented and being skilled. Talented means you have the ability to make things happen, but skilled means you're able to apply them in the right areas. It's a difference between being talented and skilled. You can be a talented warrior, but a, a skilled warrior has learned certain characteristics. They've learned the art of war. They've learned how to go to the Lord. <laughs> All right, so now now we're going into the next part, right? So we're talking about Saul and David right now. Why did Saul become jealous of David? So Saul and David start to be. Now, one of the things I realized is when Saul, I'm sorry, when David started to, when he ran, there was twice that I saw where he ran, and he ran to the priests. He ran to the priest. The first priest he ran to was Samuel. So I'm like, okay, David's running. At least he's not running to, like, the, the world. At least he's running to the house of God. So David ran to men of God. Both of the times he ran from Saul, the first people he went to, it was the first person was Samuel and then the second person was actually the priest that we're talking that I just ran um I read to you in first Samuel twenty one, which is Ahimelech. He was another priest. So how many times have we had an issue? Instead of running to God, we run to the men or women of God. I had to raise my hand to that. I can remember so many times, especially early on in our marriage, where my wife and I were we would have our disagreements and instead of me getting on my knees and praying to God and saying, Lord, what's going on right now? How do I really handle this? What did I find myself doing? Running to um, my, my, my parents-in-law, complaining, saying all these things that had nothing to do with God's nature. What am I doing? Running to the men and women of God, but I'm not running to God himself. I'm not saying, you know what, hold up, pause. Let me sit. Let me Let me go on my hands and knees. Let me seek the Lord's face right now. Let me seek the Lord's face right now. I'm running to the men and women of God, but I'm not running to God directly. Now, this is the interesting part. So now we're talking about how David ran. So we know why David ran. David ran because he was trying to get away from Saul. Now, David runs. He comes to this town of Nob and he meets this, He um and talks with this priest. And now this. The, these two things I'm going to share with you are going to basically help you to Know what to do whenever you're facing battle, whenever you're dealing with conflict, whenever you need victory. There are two things you're going to realize from this text I'm going to read to you right now. So, David runs, comes to this priest, and the interesting thing is that David asks for food. Read, I'm going to read it on. The king has sent me on a private matter, David said. He told me not to tell anyone why I am here. I have told my men where to meet me later. Now, what is there to eat? Give me five loaves of bread or anything else you have. Mind you, he just ran away from a place where he had everything. Now he's gone to, He's now he's in a begging state now. Now, what is there to eat? Give me five loaves of bread or anything else you have. We don't have any regular bread, the priest replied, but there is the holy bread, which you can have if your young men have not slept with any women recently. Don't worry, David replied. I never allow my men to be with women when we are on a campaign, and since they stay clean even on ordinary trips, how much more on this one? Now pay attention to this. This is the first trip tip. Since there was no other food available, the priest gave him the holy bread, the bread of the presence that was placed before the Lord in the tabernacle. It had just been replaced that day with fresh bread. Pause. The priest says, I have nothing else for you to eat, but I have this holy bread. Now, for those of you who may understand what the bread of the presence was, according to Uh, The tabernacle And when there was a a holy place And there was the the most holy place So The bread of the presence was actually Sat in the presence of the Lord That was like symbolic of the Lord Standing before God Who in modern day terms is um, The modern day bread of life is Jesus So he's always in the presence of God Speaking for us So this bread of the presence Basically symbolizes the presence of God The presence of Jesus standing with the Father So the priest, Ahimelech, gives David this bread and says, this is all we have to eat. Now, the first tip is this. When you are dealing with conflict, you need to seek the presence of God immediately. You don't wait. You don't say, oh, I'll pray when I get out of work. You don't say, I'll pray later. You say, you know what? I know we're arguing right now. Let's stop. Let's pray Let's invite the presence of God into this situation A lot of us, the reason why We're still running from problems Is because we haven't learned how to Invite the presence of God Into our situations We allow our feelings and emotions To take control How many times have I been guilty of this? So many times, 99 times, 1 You know, I mean So many times So we have to learn how to invite The presence of God into our battles when we're in it i'm not talking about just you know when you, when you have a situation You get angry, you curse each other out, and then you go running to God, and then you go running to people to get encouraged and to get empowered and to get wisdom. I'm talking about learning how in the midst of the battle, how to get on your hands and knees, if you're with your spouse, your wife, your fiance, your husband, whoever it is, your children, you need to learn how to stop and invite the presence of God into that situation. You say, you know what? Hold on. Hold on let's invite God into this because this, no, we're not going to fight each other. We're not going to tear each other down. No, we have been delivered before. The, God has saved us from these circumstances before. We're going to get away this time just as well. We're going to get through this. So we need to learn how to invite the presence of God into situations. So we just read how the priest gave David the bread of the presence. Now, now, I'm going to read on That was the first thing So when you're in a battle You need to invite God into the situation Immediately Immediately Now Doug the Edomite I'm reading on First Samuel chapter 21 Verse 7 I'm at now Now Doeg the Edomite Saul's chief herdsman Was there that day Having been detained before the Lord Pause. How is it that our enemy, the one who is working for our enemy, has more stability? <laughs> Jesus. How is it that the ones we are fighting against have more patience than us? How is it? Go the Edomite. This, now, it, I'm not going to really go into what Edomite is. That's a whole different topic. But... How is it that our enemy has more patience to go before the Lord than we do when we're in situations? It says that he was detained before the Lord, detained basically meaning he was arrested, he was in the presence of God, he was waiting on something. Why is it that when we're in problems, we don't learn how to wait on God, but our enemy constantly is going before God, accusing us, he has patience, He he has accusations. Why aren't we accusing the enemy of robbing us, but we're accusing our spouses, our jobs, all the things that we've been blessed with as robbing us. But we are accusing the enemy, the one who is the, the, the accuser of the brethren. Our enemy has more patience than we do. Reading on, 1 Samuel 21, verse 8, David asked Ahimelech, do you have a sword or a spear or sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't even... Have time to grab a weapon. Now, pay attention to this. This is Revelation right here. Somebody's going to be delivered today from this word. I'm about to read to you right now. Mind you, David killed Goliath, right? He just killed the Goliath. Now he's on the run from Saul. So I'm going to read this to you right now. I only have the sword. Of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed, pay attention, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, whom you killed in the valley of Edom, in the valley of Edom, the priest replied, It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Take that if you want it, for there is nothing else here. There is nothing else like it, David replied, Give it to me. So David escaped from Saul and went to King Achish of Gath how many times have you had victory from god experienced a miracle and then as soon as you're in another situation you forget that miracle you just forgot how you was crying how two weeks ago you weren't able to take care of this financial obligation you weren't able to take care of that college loan you weren't able to take care of that car payment you weren't able to you, you have that sickness your aunt had that that fever and you prayed for her and she was delivered. But how is it that we forget those past victories when we're in the heat of battle? David killed Goliath. He runs from Saul. He approaches this priest. This priest tells him I only have the sword of Goliath, the Philistine whom you killed. How many times have you had victories? You God that God delivered you in past situations. So this is the second tip right here. Step, t- tip number one is when you're in the heat of battle, invite the presence of God into the situation without delay, immediately. Step, uh, not step two, um, tip number two is you need to look for past victories. Look for past deliverances. Look for past situations where God was able to rescue you. You need to stop focusing on where you are and focus on where God has taken you. You know, one of the things that my pastor actually shared with me, he was saying how we need to have memorials. We need to create these symbols of past deliverance. Deliverance meaning victory, salvation. Um, um, So we need to have symbols of past victories around us, in our homes, in our jobs, in our uh, our businesses, in our marriage. We need to have monuments of past victories. The reason we keep running is because we have forgotten that we just won. We just won. Just a week ago, you had a miracle, you prayed for it, or whatever it was, something simple. It could have been uh, Praying for your boss to give you a raise. Or it could have been a prayer for your child to do better in school. Or it could have been a prayer for your aunt to get a, um, develop a closer relationship with God. Whatever that is, you're seeing things. You're seeing prayers answered. You're seeing God do things, but we are forgetting quickly. It's almost as if we have spiritual We have spiritual Alzheimer's. We just got delivered, but we forgot. Oh, my God, Jesus. We have gotten spiritual Alzheimer's. We remember everything that hurt us, but we forget everything that helped us. In the heat of the battle, we need to learn how to invite the presence of God into situations and learn to look and create memorials of past victories now i'm going to you know because this this message actually can go on i'm going to be shortening it though but if you see remember how i said how david kept running to the men of god when he was being chased by saul the first time he ran to samuel second time he ran to ahima like he was running to the men of god he was not consulting god directly he was consulting the men of god how many times have we had issues and instead of running to God directly, we go to whatever makes us feel good or makes us feel encouraged for a moment. We don't go directly to the source. We don't invite God into the situation immediately. So, man, as the story progresses, as you read 1 Samuel, you'll see a progression in God, um, David's relationship with the Lord where you know David ends up going into a cave By the way, the word cave actually translates into the word stronghold, and stronghold actually means nest, snare. That's a whole different topic. (laughs) How many times have you ran into caves trying to get away from certain problems, trying to avoid conflict? We actually are are placing ourselves into a snare. I'm not going to go into that right now. That's a stronghold. That's a different topic. Um... But yeah, so David ends up running away, staying in the cave. God places a few, you know, there's some other men who David meets, like his mighty men and stuff like that. And eventually David starts appro- approaching God directly. He starts asking God directly, what would you have me to do, Lord? Instead of David running to the men of God, David starts asking God directly, what would you have me to do? Before David was running from Saul, David was not consulting the Lord directly. He was more so just moving um, off of what he was trained to do. But when he started to have to, you know, that pride was being destroyed, David was realizing that he had to go to the Lord directly. So um, that's the word right there, guys. We need to progress from running um, running to, like, watching sermons and, doing stuff like that just to feel good for a moment we need to start to learn how to immediately invite God the presence of God into situations in the midst of conflict it's hard at first but if you are determined enough and you want the presence of God enough you will not only train yourself to do it it'll become a way of life it'll become a habit you know, it's all you know. It's just like working out, working muscle. You know, it's hard at first. We are saying like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's not argue. Stop. Listen by God. to let's pray. And it's one, one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to stop arguing and and start praying, is because we don't really believe God. We don't really believe that God can come into this situation. Why? Because we still have doubt. We still have doubt. So that's really the main skill. We want to learn how to invite God into the situation, tip number one. And tip number two is we want to learn how to create memorials and look for past victories. So with that being said, I'm going to, um, that's going to end the note and then open the call. But I just wanted to basically encourage all of you, like I'm proud of all of you, for those for those of you who continue to um, stay in the word of God and taking care of your families, taking care of of your children, you know, staying faithful, loyal, disciplined, loving. I commend you. Keep up the good work. I love you. God loves you. You're blessed and you're highly favored. I just want to speak blessings over you. We're going to pray. Before I go into that, I'm going to ask anyone if they had any um, testimonies or anything before we end this call. You can take your phones off of mute if you wanted to share a testimony or, or request prayer over something specific it's okay don't be shy All right. with that being said we're going to go into prayer Father God I just want to thank you for the love that you give us that covers everything everything our past our future and our present Lord I thank you for reminding us that we are not alone that we are always welcome to come before you and invite you to our situations that we are always welcome to create um, our own little signals of deliverance in our homes, in our relationships, in our marriage, whatever it is, our children. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be able to just humble ourselves before you. Lord, I would ask that you will continue to show us the power of humility, to show us the power of surrender, to show us the power of consistency, Lord. Help us to have a heart. To of consistency. Help us to stop doing things that we learned that are not helping us to get closer to you. Help us to start to do things that help us to get closer to you. Give us a heart to be skilled um, warriors of battle. Help us to understand that when we accepted you into our life, we did not just say, I love you, Lord, and you're in my life now. No, we actually enlisted into the army of God. We are saved. We are victorious. We are loved we are strong. Lord, I'm asking that you, whoever's in this call that is in pain right now, I'm asking that you will fill that area, that you will cover them with your blessings, cover them with your love. Let them know that they are not alone, that they are not an orphan, that they are blessed and highly favored. Lord, I'm asking that you will help us to be more courageous and to stop running from situations and to start facing them, knowing that you are a deliverer, that you are the one who separates the waters, that we can walk on dry ground right to the promised land if we would just stop running from the Egyptian. Our past fears, our past doubts, help us to stand strong and know that you are the one who, who parts seas, who blows the winds, who breathes life. You are the one, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. In Jesus' name we pray We thank you, Lord, for loving us. Amen. Guys, I thank all of you for joining the Alpha Talk Power Call. I pray that this message blessed you and that you remember forever that you are.